live from Lane County, Oregon, it's the Bose Nose Show with your host, West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bosevich. And now, here's Jay. And good afternoon from beautiful downtown Elmira, Oregon, here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. And it's a typical rainy fall day here in the Pacific Northwest, finally getting some snow on the passes and up in the mountains where we need that snowpack so we can have good stream volumes in the spring and summer uh, and, and keep everything nice and green here in the Pacific Northwest. And it's just you know another beautiful day, and it's the day before Thanksgiving, and I know everybody's probably rushing around trying to get everything done, driving to grandma's, whatever else. So you may not be listening to this till after Thanksgiving, because I know how internet radio works. You know you can listen anytime, which reminds me to remind people, if you really want to hear a true story of the greatest generation, go back and listen to my November 9th episode, the 11 9. 2016 episode of the Bose Nose Show where I interviewed my father-in-law, Lynn Davenport, who served in World War II um, as a, in the infantry, as a gunner in an anti-tank uh, battalion, and it kind of uh, talks a little bit about his childhood in the, during the Depression and goes on through the war, and then ultimately how he put his family through college while he was working and bought his family a house on a GI Bill. Um, it's just typical of um, the greatest generation. Great story. Give it a listen. Might have to put up with eight minutes of me talking about the election at the beginning of the episode, but you can fast forward to about the eight minute mark and you'll pick up where I start uh, interviewing Lynn. Uh, 52 minutes of a great interview with a, with a, the greatest generation. So this week in the news, you know, I, I just, you know, had this whole thing happen with the show Hamilton there and our president, vice president-elect, I should say, uh, Mike Pence attending the show and getting booed and then getting um, basically lectured to by the actors on stage. Um, and it generated a lot of controversy. You know, there are folks posting, you know, great job by the actors, you know, and all that stuff and thought such a wonderful thing. And um, folks that are pretty upset that he got booed and everything. But, you know, for me, it, it was an interesting thing because I'm reading the book of Alexander Hamilton right now, um, and I'm pretty far into it and had just read past an episode in Hamilton's life where he was still in at King's College in New York City um, as a young man. And uh, he had had two incidents fairly close together where uh, – First of all, King's College was basically um, a royal, you know, royal uh, granted college, and was run by a, a, a very much, um, you know, Anglophile that supported the Church of England and British rule of the colonies, um, known as a Tory, uh, and that president or or uh, chancellor of the college got chased out of the colonies basically by an angry mob in which uh, the only reason he didn't get ridden out on a rail and tarred and feathered was Hamilton 
ran and warned him and then delayed the mob uh, speaking to them uh, so that the guy could escape out the back back door, basically, uh, and get to a British ship in New York Harbor. So, you know, Hamilton, and even at that time, though, Hamilton was writing um, essays in response to Tory essays, uh, was very much in favor of the rebellion. So he didn't support this guy that was president of the college, yet he stepped in and, de and delayed a mob and let this guy escape the mob. And then shortly, not too long after that, another loosely um, organized uh, militia slash mob uh, raided a Tory newspaper in New York City and basically ransacked the type, you know, so they couldn't print the paper and shut it down and, and ran the uh, publisher owner out of, out of New York. And at that, after that incident, Hamilton wrote a letter to a friend, and it was the quote that, after that letter um, that caught my eye. Uh, on the very same day that the news came out, on Saturday, the news came out about that Friday night performance. And it was almost stunning in some ways um, just how different Hamilton thought of that sort of um, angry mob mentality um, versus the the rebellion against what he felt was Parliament, um, because it was interesting at this point, uh, Hamilton was arguing that the colonies only owed allegiance to the king, not Parliament or the ministers of the British government. Um, and that was kind of his stance. But he was so upset uh, by this ransacking of the uh, the the uh, newspaper, he wrote to his friend, and he and it, you know, and it was a repeated um, theme in a lot of Hamilton's life, and he, he it repeats over and over later on in his life too, where he's very concerned that the um, the license given to the populace by allowing rebellion against the government would go beyond just rebellion against the government in a breakdown of society into complete lawlessness. And he was always arguing for order, you know, when he could. And that was really, you know, one of the things he, he would do. And, and in this letter, he basically, you know, was concerned about the emotion and the mob emotion and the unruliness. So Hamilton wrote, in times of such commotion as the present, while passions of men are worked up to an uncommon pitch, there is a great danger of fatal extremes. The same state of passage which fits the multitude who have not a sufficient stock of reason or knowledge to guide them for opposition to tyranny and oppression very naturally leads them to a contempt and disregard of all authority. The due medium is hardly to be found among the more intelligent. It is almost impossible among the unthinking populace. When minds of these are lessened, lessened from their attachment to the ancient establishments and courses, they seem to grow giddy and are apt more or less to run into anarchy. So 
that's what Hamilton had to say about the mob. And, and Hamilton actually tried to stop the newspaper incident also, um, even though he hated the publisher of that newspaper, despised him. He actually tried to give a speech to the crowd to calm him down and stop the incident. And they, they eventually ignored him and, and ransacked the office anyhow. Um, so you think about this audience that has come to see the play Hamilton um, and who Hamilton was and what he stood for, and they start booing somebody in authority, you know, and, and responding in a mob main mentality. Uh, and then, you know, the actors take it upon themselves to lecture somebody that's paid who knows how much for the tickets for himself and his daughter and whoever else was there with his family, um, accusingly that they that 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 Mike Pence and and his administration will not protect the people or or uphold their inalienable rights. Um, you know, it was, it was pretty. You know, had every right to do it, which I don't want to have people mistake that I'm against free speech. Both the booing and the actor's speech are protected speech, and I would not want a government to step in and tell them they couldn't do that. But there's a, a difference between free speech and polite and appropriate speech, and I think both of the the booing and and the speech from the stage fit the definition of impolite and inappropriate and would probably have been frowned upon by Hamilton himself. And, and what was interesting is making that point on the internet started a firestorm on Facebook. I've never had a post generate so much comment and discussion uh, as that one did. Um, I also kind of wonder about a little bit of double standard here. Had that sort of incident happened to a president-elect Obama in 2008, I think the press would have gone nuts. They went nuts just because Rush Limbaugh mentioned that he hoped he wasn't successful and, and mostly in implementing his agenda. But but it just got played on Rush Limbaugh, which is the you know, Obama, you know Obama to be unsuccessful or however however they played it. That made a huge stir. Um, let alone you know an incident like this would have probably uh, just raised a firestorm. You know, not saying that there weren't some unfair set things said about Obama, which I didn't support. I've always supported attack the policy and the principles. Don't attack the person. You know, uh, it is the best way to deal with things in politics. And that way you don't get into, um, you know, attacking a personality or, or, or having people think that you're saying something purely because of the person that's behind an issue versus the actual issue. Argue about the policy. Don't argue with the person. Um, that's why it was kind of silly to get into the whole birther thing. Um, was you know was a personal attack and was not about whether the policy. You know, there's enough to argue about President Obama's policies than to argue about where he was born. You know, it was a silly thing. So that was big news on the internet over the weekend. Uh, if you want to talk about that, we can talk about that. And you can just do that by calling us uh, here at uh, KRBN Radio on 646-721-9887. And just press 1 if you want to get in on the conversation. Or you can email us at talk at krbnradio.net. Um, 
you know, that's an easy way to get all of us even between shows because we'll read that email. I got a suggestion for a topic or uh, a question for me. I'll try and answer it in my next show um, or just answer you directly back online. Um, but that's kind of why I have this show is to have a conversation with folks, uh, the opportunity to talk to me about anything, particularly, you know, county issues. We don't have to talk about Hamilton uh, if you don't want to. We can talk about anything on your mind because this is a free-for-all day and I kind of, you know, being right before a holiday, whatever's on your mind. If not, we'll, you know, talk a little bit maybe about Hamilton. Might even talk about my visit last Friday uh, to the new Winnebago plant in Junction City. I should say new old because it's where the old country coach facility was and Winnebago is now uh, building their top of the line diesel pusher 45 foot long monster of an RV and my god that thing's beautiful. <laughs> the finished product those guys really know what they're doing. Um, the the finished work on it you know when you look at some of the carpentry and stuff you know there's there's no gaps in the moldings and stuff like that the the tile is just gorgeous you know fitted uh, together and everything upholstery's gorgeous you know um, it's really a beautiful product tile you know you know like marble tile floors with underfloor hot water heating so you don't step onto a cold floor in the morning <laughs> in your RV. I mean, these things are, are just, you know, four slide outs in these big things. So by the time you put the slide outs out, it, you know, has as much room as most people's homes. Uh, incredible. King size bed, um, granite counters in the, in the kitchen. Um, just a drop dead gorgeous uh, piece of equipment they're building out there in Junction City. And I was happy that the county got to participate in getting Winnebago to move some of their operations from Indiana out here to Oregon um, with some video lottery money that we got that we get from the state that's earmarked for economic development, which is an interesting topic with this past election. There were so many initiatives that were passed that were going to use lottery money that um, we may not get the economic development money we used to get from the state. You know, we'll have to wait and see how the uh, legislature and the governor chooses to reallocate the lottery dollars now that we've passed so many citizen initiatives that want lottery money to go to outdoor schools and veteran services and a few other things. And it's just like they keep taking money out of the lottery and they don't realize it was getting used for something. And the ability to bring 200 plus jobs into Junction City, a rural area of Lane County um, that are high paying jobs uh, was pretty important use of that video lottery money. And I'm looking forward to, uh, they have 100 people on staff right now and they're growing every day. In fact, it was kind of funny. They were giving out, uh, the day I was there, they were giving out certificates for turkeys um, to their employees and they're growing so fast they didn't have enough certificates because <laughs> when they first bought the certificates they had less employees so they were giving them out to their hourly employees first and saving the salary employees for later um, uh, so you know nice problem to have that you're growing so fast that, that you that you under ordered your turkey certificates for the holidays um, so Success story in, in uh, Lane County here is Winnebago out there in Junction City. 
they're they're going to be a hop in place and they're going to employ lots of people what's great is they also have this uh, uh, repair facility there and it's their only west coast repair facility uh, for any winnebago not just those monstrous things uh, down to the mini winnies as they as i like to refer to them those little class b uh, winnebago's uh, they're basically a modified van. Uh, they they service them all there in Junction City, and it's their only West Coast service center. So people will be driving there. In fact, I saw van you know Winnebago's that were there for service with California and Washington and Idaho tags on them. Uh, there in Junction City, you know, hooked up at at little you know 50 amp RV station hookups. You know, you know the owners are overstaying in a hotel nearby, putting money in the local economy, eating at local restaurants. So it's a, a real boon for Lane County to have that facility here. And I was really, uh, you know, thankful for John Willis to give me the uh, the tour, and for David Diamond to to contact me and offer the tour. Uh, and you know the folks in Junction City have just embraced them as an employer. They talked about how welcome they felt in the community and uh, looking forward to them growing and doing great things here in Lane County. So a little bit about what's going on here in Lane County and maybe a little bit about the national side. Had a little bit of news here locally in Lane County yesterday that kind of broke. Uh, our local um, state senator who actually uh, represents Junction City and part of my district, Chris Edwards, announced he's resigning midterm. Uh, he's in, in the middle of a four-year term, which means uh, the commissioners get to appoint somebody to fill out the last two, two years of his term. But uh, in the state of Oregon here, uh, if you uh, were a Democrat and you resigned midterm, you were only allowed to appoint a Democrat to fill out that, that partisan office. And we have to uh, basically take a, a name from a list of three to five people forwarded to us by the local Democrat Party. And they have like 20 days to get that recommendation to the board. Hopefully, we can get this taken action before the uh, new legislature is sworn in on January 9th. Uh, it might take a special meeting of the Board of Commissioners. But it'll be interesting to see who decides they want to uh, fill those last two years of that uh, that state senator's office. It represents uh, Senate District 7, which covers uh, most of North Eugene, uh, Santa Clara River Road, Junction City, part almost all, all of Bethel, and uh, parts of Southwest Eugene uh, in the Churchill neighborhood. So uh, pretty much a large area of Eugene and Junction City uh, that are covered by that district. And, uh, you know, so it'll be interesting to see who steps forward. I've heard a couple rumors uh, of different people that are putting their names in, and probably the one that is, I'm hearing most often is former State Representative Val Hoyle, uh, who's uh, a uh, just uh, lost a, a primary for Secretary of State, so she forfeited her seat in the legislature. Um, but I, I understand she may be interested in serving um, for that office the two years. Um, at least you, you'd know that you'd have somebody with good legislative experience with Val Hoyle as she served as the uh, 
House Majority Leader in, in her last term there at, at the uh, Oregon Legislature. So um, that's the news here locally. Uh, you want to get in on the conversation, just dial, dial 646-721-9887. Just press 1 and that lets uh, Robin, our call screener, know um, that you want to get in on our conversation here. So it is the day before Thanksgiving and uh, always want to uh, think about, you know, how we're, um, you know, or what we're thankful for as we go into Thanksgiving. You know, it's kind of a, a, a thing that we, a lot of people do, you know, list the things they're thankful for. They might even go around the table and talk about what are you thankful for. So I'm kind of curious um, if folks, you know, want to give us a call again at 646-721-9887 um, and let us know what are you thankful for this year? You know, I know there are a lot of people that are kind of a little strained this year. The election upset them. Um, you know, I've talked about how uh, um, it wasn't my happiest year to vote. I didn't feel like I was voting for anybody. I mostly voted against somebody, which which I really hate. Um, but uh, I have some things I'm thankful for. And I, I guess I want to start out with the number one thing I'm thankful for, and that's my wife, Elizabeth. Um, you know, I've now, you know, Elizabeth and I have been married for 34 years. Uh, we met a couple years before that. I'm only 58 years old, so that's over half my life, almost 60%, I guess, or more of my life has been spent with Elizabeth. Uh, my best friend, uh, you know, in, and uh, Elizabeth, you know, used to tell me all the time, and I and I and I love this saying that she, you know, her and I both are kind of introverted personalities. You wouldn't know that, but I test as an INTJ, which is the typical engineer's personality in Myers Briggs. Um, but uh, you know, her favorite thing to tell me was, you know, it, you know. I want to be hermits together with you. <laughs> yeah, or being with you is almost as good as being alone. Um, yeah, that, that's the sort of thing we do like. You know, our, you know, each other's company. She's very supportive. Um, puts up with some of my crazy goofiness and 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 uh, my borderline OCD personality of being an engineer. And uh, I just got to say, I'm really thankful for having Elizabeth in my life. And another thing I'm thankful for is my health. Um, I'm fortunate that uh, I was, uh, you know, born with good genes or something like that. But I've been pretty healthy in the last year, and and pretty healthy overall in my life. And I, I'm pretty thankful for that because I've got some friends that are suffering through uh, horrible things, uh, you know, from from kidney stones to whatever, uh, you know. To, to cancer, uh, and I'm just fortunate I haven't suffered any of that, and I and I, I appreciate my health. You know, and uh, in addition to that, I have to be thankful to all the staff at Lane County. Uh, and, and I know that's kind of odd to bring in, you know, first my wife, then my health, and then the staff at Lane County, uh, because you know they're they're why I'm successful as a commissioner. They do uh, a really nice job of, uh, you know, thinking up some great uh, um, 
innovations, uh, particularly in times where we've had to make massive budget cuts. They've done some things and made some sacrifices that have saved the taxpayers millions over the last um, six years that I've been a commissioner. And I'm just thankful for their uh, innovative thinking and their dedication to serving the public. Um, I know public employees get run down quite a bit, but uh, this group I'm working with is really interested in trying to make Lane County successful uh, in post-timber uh, uh, you know, Pacific Northwest, uh, which, you know, may change under the, uh, the new administration. We may actually get back to some timber harvest, but it's not going to change quickly. And our staff at Lane County has done some amazing things uh, with our finances, with self-insurance, with changing our insurance programs. Um, and, and just everywhere they look, they've been trying to save money, and it's managed to make us be able to balance our budget without cutting as much services as we would have had to cut. So pretty appreciative of that. But probably the most, you know, getting past those, um, I, I would go back to being uh, the fact that I was lucky enough uh, to live in this country and, and to live in America. I can't think of a greater place um, to be living where there is actually the rule of law and not the rule of man and hopefully where we can you know aspire to equal protection under the law i know it doesn't always happen hint, hint donald trump you should pursue hillary she shouldn't be above the law um <laughs> side note there sorry <laughs> politics on thanksgiving oh my god everyone's going to stress <laughs> but you know it, it's an amazing country and and it's amazing that our founders in 1776 and up through 1787, we actually adopted the Constitution, had such amazing foresight to set up a country um, that has lasted so long and to have some of the, the um, thoughts on checks and balances and, and that have, have withstood the test of time and have been copied by other countries because they've been so successful. The three branches of government uh, it was, you know, unheard of in, in when they invented the three branches of government. The Electoral College was uh, an attempt to prevent um, mob rule and making the president so powerful that they would be thought of as a king. Um, if you had a popularly elected president, they felt that that would give license to the president to act um, uh, as a dictator because they had the support of the popular versus being elected in a way where the states were represented through the electoral college. And, and it was the states that elected the president somewhat versus the, the popular vote of the whole country that you had to win, you know, enough states to become president. Um, and that was a valuable check and balance of the electoral college that some people don't understand that it was actually meant to limit the power of the presidency. Um, and what's also interesting, just as an aside, yes, you know, people have won the popular vote and not won the presidency, but in all those occasions, they did not win a majority of the popular vote. They won a plurality. 
which is not saying that you, you know, because that, that, that means there were more votes that didn't go to that candidate. They might have gone to a third party and some other candidates, but they did not break 50%. So just saying, as people are concerned about the fact that this current president did not win the popular vote, um, you know, he won, he won the Electoral College, and that's what counts in this country. That's the way the rules were set up in the beginning, and the way he ran his campaign was to win the Electoral College. If the popular vote were the way he won the presidency, I'm sure the campaign would have been far different and wouldn't have maybe spent quite so much time in Michigan and, and Pennsylvania as he did versus California and New York State and Florida and Texas, where most of our population is. Um, and going from big city to big city rather than spending time in some rural um, Rust Belt County in, in Ohio. Um, so, you know, I really appreciate the way the founders put this country together and the fact that I get to live in a country that is, you know, under a constitution, run under the rule of law, and um, where, you know, we're we strive for equal protection under the law and equal representation. One man, one vote. Um, and uh, I, I truly appreciate that and I'm thankful for that. So kind of curious, you know, what you might be thankful for. So give me a call, 646-721-9887. And uh, just press one and let, let's Robin know you're, you want to get in on the conversation. And I'm just curious, uh, Robin, uh, what are you thankful for this year? Oh, I got, uh, I, I actually have quite a bit of things to be thankful for this year. And uh, um, I mean, as you say, health is one of them. I'm very thankful that uh, my stepmother's still around. She's in her 80s. Um, I'm thankful for the fact that I have a job that I love now that treats me decent. And just little things like that. And, and, just kind of just kind of a lot of things more this year than I had in a lot of years. Yeah. Well, it's amazing the way um, having a job that you like is so important. Um, you know, I like my job as a commissioner. Um, at times, it's very frustrating. <laughs> don't don't get me wrong. And uh, there's times where it's very time demanding. Uh, I had a day last week where. My day started when I left the house at five in the morning to get to Portland, and I got back um, close to eight o'clock that night because um, I had an all-day meeting in Portland. Um, that's a long day, <laughs> but but you know I, I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm engaged, and like I said, I've got great staff I'm working with, kind of like you've got a great boss there where you're working, um, and and you're doing work that you you know feel good about and is. Um, you know, helping the community, you know, similar things. It's really, really something to be thankful for when you can find that situation um, to, to work at a job you like, and it's really important. So, uh, and health is a great thing. And, and, you know, and, I, and I forgot to mention, I'm also thankful for having Lynn um, around my father-in-law. You know, I mentioned at the opening of the show, go back and listen to that November 9th episode where I interview him. Um, Lynn's 92 and still alive and kicking and pretty sharp, uh, you know, 
doesn't get around real fast. Um, he's living here with us because it, it's gotten to be to the point where he can't quite live alone, um, you know, because he has to worry about falling and 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 things like that. Um, so, you know, it's really great to have him here and great that he's still around to, to tell those stories. And in fact, um, one of our employees, um, 15 year old kid, uh, made a point of coming by yesterday to talk to Lynn, just to talk to him about his experience in World War II. And having that be passed down to that generation that, you know, World War II is kind of, you know, Call of Duty is what they think of World War II, you know? <laughs> yeah, where your safe state was a foxhole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, having him talk about how when he was 19, um, he was dodging bullets on the way, you know, in, in Italy, and uh, his buddies are getting blown up, and, and by the time he was 20, he's liberating uh, concentration camps and a first sergeant. Um, it's pretty eye-opening to some of this younger generation and, and how good they have it, and, and just that World War II isn't a video game. So, yeah, and so I'm pretty thankful for having Lynn around and for family in general. You know, it's always, you know, important. Uh, family family, family is important. So, um, yeah, yeah and, family is goes unappreciative and I mean like I said that's what's great about this time of year between Thanksgiving and Christmas but uh, like in my case for example the only real family I have left is is my stepmother and you know otherwise I have no family so I'm very thankful to have that and to have my adopted sister and mm-hmm. and the friends that I've got because you know one day you can actually wake up and you know everybody can be gone yeah yeah. Yep. And and uh you know that that's you know that's kind of a, a hard thing to think about. But yeah, it's good to have, you know, a little bit of connection and all that with family. Um you know, it's kind of some it, sometimes it gets pointed out, you know, um one of Lynn's surviving siblings just passed away um yesterday, the day before yesterday. And it was sad because she had basically lost contact with all of her brothers that are still alive. Lynn has a couple brothers that are still alive just because she didn't make an effort to stay connected with them. She didn't really care, you know, and um, it, it, it's kind of interesting, you know, having that her passing kind of brought that conversation back up. I mean, literally the only contact he's had with her over the last 15 years has been a Christmas card that just says, um, George, you know, whatever the card, and then she signs it George and Roberta, you know, which is her husband, George. Um, and that's the only contact he's had. She does, you know, he left her phone messages. She won't call back and, and just doesn't really want to go through the trouble and, and was one of these type of people that hated to travel so she would never visit family either and basically isolated herself. So <clears throat> kind of a not a, not a good thing. I would I would recommend that people stay in contact with your family because you never know when you might not have that family anymore. Yeah. And my cat's just entered the room. Great thing about doing internet radio. I don't know if you guys could hear that. 
She's asking to be up in my lap. Um, I'm thankful for my pets, too. <laughs> I, I don't know uh, how many of you out there have pets, but, boy, I tell you, they fill a big big part of my life. Um, love my dogs. Love my cat. I even like my ducks. Crazy things that they are. They're more... I kind of like having uh, aquarium fish. They're fun to watch. You know, they're not very interactive. You're not going to go up and hug a duck. <laughs> but they do some silly things, and they're kind of fun to watch. <laughs> yep. So thankful for pets, thankful for family, thankful for this country, thankful for my health. What are you thankful for out there? Just give us a call at... 646-721-9887, and just press one and join the conversation here. Hey, I got something to throw out there too, Jay. Sure. And I'm really excited about this because I finally got the chat room to work again. Woo-hoo. Oh, yay. So if you want to join the conversation uh, online here, you can go to uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash KRBN, and you can... Uh, converse with us in the chat room. Uh, unfortunately, you have to have a Blog Talk Radio account to chat with us, but it's free if you want to. You don't have to do anything but just sign up. Otherwise, you can you can monitor what's going on. And and uh, same thing with Facebook. We monitor Facebook uh, while the show is going on, and someday we'll play around with Twitter and maybe even do a live Facebook, and then you can see the uh, the Bose Nose on the Bose J and the Bose Nose show thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, and you know, one other thing I'm thankful for is is you know my my friendship and relationship with Robin, who who connected me with doing this online radio show. Um, you know, because it really, uh, I was struggling with outreach to some of my my constituents, where I would schedule these community conversations out there, and you know, I have a set time I'll be in a certain place at in the community, like the library or. Um, a coffee shop or whatever, and I would get anywhere from zero to three or four people to show up to these things, even though I'd advertised them heavily on Facebook. I got notices into the newspaper, even had radio mention of them on on local radio shows, and rarely get a lot, very many people that would show up to these conversations. Um, so I, I, it, this is one way that people can can call in and talk to me about whatever's on their mind. And I know that, that once a week I'll be available on this show. And if they, if they can't listen live and talk to me live, they can at least listen um, after the, you know, when the show gets put up on, on the internet archived um, just to find out what's happening here in Lane County. So I really appreciate and I'm thankful for Robin uh, connecting me with this show and helping me uh, along with it so that, you know, you folks here in Lane County and anyone outside of Lane County is just curious because, you know, uh, talking with a local government official gives you an insight um, to government you may not have if, if you're just the average Joe citizen. So even if you're from some other state listening or, in fact, I think I had somebody call me last week from Africa to talk to the show. Must have been an insomniac. Um, but, uh you know, talking to a local government official gives you know I can give you some insights that maybe uh, you might not know about, and I really appreciate that Robin's given me that opportunity with this radio show. So thank you, Robin. You're very welcome, and I'd like to remind listeners too that during the 
Uh, in between shows, uh, you can still contact us, talk at krbnradio.net, and that goes, uh, that's forwarded directly to Jay. So don't, you know, if you got a question or anything, even if you, even if you just want to say hi and I appreciate, you know, that, he, that Jay's taking the time to do this, and be sure to like us on Facebook, too. That, that tells us, uh, you know, that you're out there, and we really appreciate uh, taking the time to tune in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and you know, with Facebook, um, if you personal message either the, you know, the KRBN or personal message me, um, we'll get back to you. Um, there are lots of ways to get a hold of me, uh, not just this radio show. Uh, if you go to the Lane County website, um, there's a, you can go to the Board of Commissioners uh, page and go down to my page and, and I, there's a direct email to me at my county website. The phone number is there where you can uh, leave me a voicemail. My voicemail goes to my email uh, as a file so I can actually listen to my voicemails anywhere. I don't have to be in my office. Um, and I'll try and get back to you as quickly as I can and connect you with you know the right staff to help you out if you have if that's that what that that's what you need or to talk to you about whatever issue and however whatever decision you think I should be making in whatever direction um, you know so yeah give us you know this is this is one just one method of of, of getting a hold of me and, and getting a hold of the show um, so feel free to give us a call anytime and uh, you know. Today we're we're talking about what we're thankful for, but you can talk about anything, including Hamilton. Uh, I don't know, Robin. Did you have any thoughts on the the whole Hamilton Pence controversy there? Um, I do, but I want to quickly put out a challenge to people. Uh, sure. Right uh, between now and Christmas, we're at 62 likes. If we can make it 100 likes by Christmas, that Jay will promise not to sing a Christmas carol on the air. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys want to do that one. Get me to 100 likes on Facebook, and uh, I won't sing a Christmas carol. Because there are not too many Christmas carols that were written for a bass voice. Uh. (laughs) Art the Herald. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. Or at least it got the cat excited. Anyway. Uh, I, I, I almost was a music major in college, so don't get me started. Uh, <laughs> almost because I wasn't talented enough. So you really want to get those 100 likes in because you don't want to find out why I didn't major in music. <laughs> there you go. And I, I just hear that on, on local news. In the news, Lane County Commissioner Jay Bolshevitz. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Hamilton. Um, yes, Hamilton. Time and place, and that wasn't it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they always talk about time, place, and manner restrictions on free speech, but that I, that I don't quite think that could fit a, a governmental restriction for time, place, and manner. But it definitely just in the bounds of good behavior. Right. Was kind of not the time or the place to be doing what that those actors did or what the audience did. I think what. He was there with his daughter. Yeah. I think somebody, um, I think it's the Washington Post, a, a commentator or you know, somebody writing a comment said it best is that when I go to the uh, hamburg- fast food drive through to get some fries, I'm not interested in their political opinion. 
Yeah, kind of like uh, Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> that one fell flat, didn't it? You want to uh, summarize that for people that missed that one? Oh yeah, remember that in Starbucks they were going to have people do these conversation starters, their their baristas or whatever. Huh? You know, they're going to suggest topics or something. I forget how how it went about, but they they killed the initiative almost as soon as they they rolled it out. <laughs> it was like nobody wants to talk. Yeah, you know, we we just want to drink our coffee. We don't need to start a conversation with you about you know gender equality or whatever it is you want to talk about. <laughs> Did you see the one that uh, the Starbucks um, behind the counter refers, refused to um, write the name Trump on a cup? Oh. No, I didn't see that one. When somebody asked him the name and somebody said Trump. <laughs> yeah, the, the guy behind the cash register refused to do it and somebody else was actually started calling the police behind the counter and so they were encouraging people to, when they come in to buy a coffee at Starbucks now, to keep telling them that their name is Trump. <laughs> like, really, guys? Come on. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it went from ridiculous to just stupid, in my opinion. Well, did you hear about the, uh, the fashion designer that promised she wouldn't sell uh, um, Melania any, any gowns? Yeah, I heard that, and I'm thinking, hey, well, there's hundreds of other dead designers out there. They'll take her place. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just like you know, any any time you want to not sell to somebody, you're just saying you're you're telling your customers that there's part of your your customer base you don't want to sell to. Um, isn't really a good idea for a business. No, and I have to but give does, her. Yeah, I she has the perfect right to do that though. Oh, absolutely, yeah. and most of us are going. Shit, we don't care. Yeah, but I'll but, give I'll give millennia. Could you imagine if somebody had said, "I'm not going to sell a gown to Michelle Obama"? It'd have been front page news. Yeah. Well, of course, we're talking about the Obamas. I mean, like when Michelle got a new haircut, they're expecting everybody to follow suit. It's like, no, well, that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> No, but to give, uh, I, I can't pronounce uh, her name, but, you know, the gown that she wore that they were talking about was only $2,500, and I guess uh, there was a lot of sales about that one versus the, what, $25,000 um, outfit that Mrs. Clinton wore that I think she got from the uh, sports department out of American Outfitters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think when Melania wore that one, um, was it election night or was it to the the uh, convention or something or for a convention speech that, that sold out within the, the next day or something like that in all the stores? So it's kind of like you, you, you're you really, you know, to say that you won't sell to her is, is like, <laughs> that's your... The world's best advertising is to have the first lady wear, wear your 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 design in public somewhere. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, folks, folks I that won't, pay attention to that, which I don't, you know, follow that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm not going to sell her any of my designs either. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have the perfect right to, because uh, as as 
as artistic expression or intellectual property of your own, um, it's you know protected. You know you have a right to to you know choose to do that that uh, protected speech and all that as you wish. Which you know it's kind of interesting that um, flower arranging or cake decorating doesn't fall into the same thing um, about you know protected speech, um, but it, it's uh, it just brings up so many double standards that have been going on in the last few weeks um, with the the new president, the surprise president-elect Trump and and vice president-elect Pence, versus uh, how um, the press would have reacted if similar behaviors had happened to um, uh, president-elect Obama in 2008. So. Is completely different. In fact, I'll, I'll give Trump credit for two things. Uh, recently, I think it was yesterday, the day before, um, Trump met with the heads of CBS, NBC, and, and some of the others, and I guess they uh, they thought they're going to go in and talk about how they can cover Trump's uh, presidency, and I guess Trump really laid into him. And then yeah. also Trump bypassed the media by taking advantage of social media and gave a quick update on YouTube, which, every, yeah. which the major news stations were scrambling to, you know, put on their sites as "Look at us, we have this major news." And and when 60 Minutes interviewed Trump, he said he was asked, "Are you still going to use Twitter and still do that?" And he says, "I'm going to use it. I'm going to put more restraint." But he says, "Why not use this media? I got thousands of people following me, and I can talk to them directly." without having my message changed by a biased media. Yeah. Yeah, which is, you know, one of the things we're taking advantage here on the Bose Nose Show, which uh, if you want to get in on the conversation with uh, Robin and I, it's 646-721-9887, and just press 1. It lets us know you want to get in. So we've got less than 10 minutes left, and I, I just wanted to, to jump into something Totally for fun here, Robin. We have a, a local newspaper here in the Venita area called the Fern Ridge Review. And every year they do this, and, and it's just pretty darn funny. Um, they ask, you know, kindergartners and first graders how to cook a turkey. Um, and the answers are pretty good. And I, and I, I just have to, uh, you know, yeah, it just it it's pretty it's pretty funny, you know how 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 those minds think at that time, at that stage of development. Yeah, you know, talking about the bird or one of their classmates. Uh, the bird, <laughs> how to cook a turkey bird. Um, yeah, yeah, the usual stuff. You know, I I would get you know I would get my turkey from the store. You know, and uh, you know I would go to the store get my turkey. I would take take the heart out, put it in the oven, and I would have potatoes and cranberry sauce with my turkey. You know, that's, you know, pretty standard. Of course, kind of interesting, a, a first grader is thinking about taking the heart out of a turkey. <laughs> Must have impressed him when he saw it last year. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I will go hunting in the forest for my turkey, and I, I would take off the skin and take the heart out and put it in the oven and would serve it with ham and cranberry juice. <laughs> Again, there's something about the hearts. <laughs> First graders, but 
Uh, probably one of my favorite, and this is this is from a first grader. I would go to Africa, tame a tiger, have the tiger hunt for the turkey. I would cut the skin off and put a book in it if it was not fat enough, and I would put it in the oven for 10 minutes. I would serve bear meat, tiger meat, and maybe some green beans and carrots, maybe grapes and olives. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> going to tame a tiger to hunt a turkey. <laughs> and then you're going to cook the tiger also. You can tame a tiger. I ain't messing with you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he's going to eat it all after it's only cooked for 10 minutes. Um uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, the, the time that some of these cook times, I've got another one here where probably, you know, I put it in the oven for probably 12 minutes. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. You know, almost everybody gets potatoes in their menu. But I have one that would serve watermelon with their turkey. <laughs> watermelon? Yeah, it says, I will buy the turkey from the store. I will put the turkey on a skinny pan and put in the oven on 59 degrees and cook the turkey for nine minutes. I will serve watermelon with the turkey. Oh, gosh. Yeah, just, just to bring things back to the lighter side, because it is Thanksgiving and, and we should enjoy the holiday, you know, and, and understand, you know, Rush Limbaugh does this every year. He goes back and talks about you know, how the original Thanksgiving happened. And it's not the usual story that we all got taught where the Indians rescued the pilgrims. It's really a story about um, community property versus private property. And, and the incentive of private enterprise in producing uh, more prosperity and wealth for society. Um, if you're not familiar with the story, it's actually covered in the uh, the, the um, colonies govern, governors uh, journals, where they were starving the first couple of years winters um, because they couldn't harvest enough. But they their society was set up um, through the uh, um, Plymouth Compacts and all that were written on 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 the Mayflower coming over where they were going to set up a community uh, farm basically, and everybody was going to work on it. Everybody was going to share the proceeds of it. There was going to be a storehouse where you, you know, basically took what you needed and, and, and it was, everything was community property. Well, as happens when, you know, people will tend to shirk, a certain amount and the ones that are working hard get fed up and, and and generally the productivity from the farming wasn't all that great. Now the Indians did teach them how to grow some things and do some tricks that, that were native to the Americas um, that helped them out to an extent but the real thing that turned the corner was the year they actually had the first Thanksgiving they gave each family its own plot of land outside of the community garden to grow what they wanted. And, and they got to keep in their own stores whatever they harvested. And lo and behold, that harvest was the biggest harvest they ever had. And they held the first Thanksgiving 
to celebrate that bountiful harvest that was based on changing from being uh, community property to allowing people to enjoy the fruits of their own labors and to own the fruits of their own labors. And yeah, that was the big story of Thanksgiving was not uh, that the Indians taught them how to bury a fish uh, to fertilize their corn crop. Uh, it was more about the fact that the pilgrims uh, realized that they had to um, let people reap what they sow. In fact, that's kind of where they, they got their guidance from the Bible to go back to a more private property system. Um, was, uh, you know, they looked to the Bible for guidance after they had these several years of starvation, uh, winters where, where folks were dying, and they decided to go to these uh, private plots um, of land for each, you know, each family. And lo and behold, they had this humongous harvest um, because there was self-interest involved in, you know, generating, you know, working hard in your field because you were going to, you know, reap the benefits of your hard work, not let, you know, somebody that maybe wasn't working quite as hard uh, and you couldn't depend on somebody else working hard to keep your plate full. Um, so it really was uh, a major change in their, um, social structure that they were celebrating, not, you know, not the, the, the typical fair where, you know, the Indians um, teach them how to, to grow corn and next thing you know, they have this bountiful harvest and they're, they're celebrate. They did celebrate with the Indians. That, that's still a true part of the story. Um, but they, kind of the part that gets dropped out of the story is that the communal property versus um, uh, private property and how that changed in um, made their system work. In fact, got them so successful they were able to start paying some of their um, debts back to the sponsors of the colony um, back in the old world. So, uh, you know, that's another thing to be thankful for is, is those brave colonists that, that came to America. Um, I'm sure that maybe some of the Native Americans in our society aren't so thankful for that. And, and uh, um, you know, I, I appreciate their point of view. Um, an amazing prosperity and the birth of a nation that gave what what can only be um, the leaders in freedom and liberty in the world that helped defend the world from fascism and communism and other um, evils. And it's currently battling uh, to keep the world free. Um, can't be thankful for anything more. So I'm hoping that, that you're going to have a great Thanksgiving for your family and your health and that things are going well. And I'm hoping that you'll be back next week for the Bose Nose Show and uh, we'll have a conversation. And uh, really appreciate listening.